Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're here for a special Skylines because we're now less than two days away from either the beginning of the end of the world or, more hopefully, the first female US president. Yes, we're here to talk about the American election. The polls open tomorrow and John Elledge is right in the thick of the action over in the States. So as a special treat to calm your election nerves, we've decided to chat down the line about meeting Trump supporters, the urban-rural voter divide and the beauty of the interstate system. I'm Stephanie Boland, and down the line from the US of A, here's John. Is that better? That's much better, yeah. No, I think it's just the, um, I don't know how good the signal's going to be, so we should probably focus on, on the bit we need rather than the pretty pictures, and less pretty pictures is my face. Okay, so some of this audio isn't great. It kind of sounds like John has got hiccups. Bear with us, and hopefully the new president will bring in better Wi-Fi. So, John, tell us where you've been. I've been all over. We've done um, we've, we've done 12 states in, in six days, which is really, I mean, there's only 50 states in the country, so I reckon we can, we can complete it if we keep going for a couple more weeks. Um, but we, we, we flew into New York, and then we kind of drove up into, uh, through Connecticut to Boston, and then back through rural New England. And then we crossed uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio and went to Detroit and now we're in Chicago. So we've seen Boston and Cleveland and Detroit and Chicago and also lots of exciting small places in between. So you've seen not just a, a lot of cities, but a real range of different places. What are some of the, the more striking differences you've noticed? One of the things I didn't really appreciate about New England is that New England was also industrial. Like you go to... Uh, we, we drove through Providence, Rhode Island. We didn't really stop, but we kind of we drove through it. It's a very beautiful old university town. But there's also a load of uh, industrial buildings there that have kind of been repurposed as, as posh flats or so, you know, hipster areas and so on. Um, and that seems to be working very well. And there's also like these huge amounts of industrial stuff in, in Boston too, which is just, that's just not my mental image of it. But then you go west, you get to the Midwest and the Rust Belt, places like Cleveland and, and Detroit, and the industrial stuff is just sitting there. They've still got, all the buildings, uh, but but they're just sort of wasteland because that bit of the economy has moved up. Because you know I'm I'm inherently parochial. I'm obviously tying everything back to what's going on in Britain, and it just strikes me there's a parallel between the New in- New England as kind of the south of England and and the Midwest as the north, where it's not that the South or New England were never industrial. It's just that they managed to move their economies onto other things, 
whereas the north of England and the Midwest are still kind of struggling to, to find that new purpose. I suppose we've got to talk about the big topic, which is the US election. So are you seeing a similar split to that one you see in Britain, where you have a northern caucus of voters and a group of voters in southern England who tend to go for different things? Is it, does it work on similar lines, continuing your north and south allegory? I think it's... um. What it feels like to me, actually, is that uh, this is this is almost a cliche, but sod it, I'm going to do it anyway. I think the sort of Republican-Democrat split is the leave-remain one. Mm. It's like the Brexit referendum, because like the, 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 the coalition of people voting for Trump is basically, you know, uh, old people who are a bit annoyed the world has changed and um, white working class voters who, who, who like no longer have, they used to have secure unionized jobs and those are just gone. They've lost out to globalization and ideological right wingers and a few actual racists just for flavor. And that to me sounds a lot like the, the, uh, the Leave Coalition as well. Whereas the, the Clinton vote is obviously much more, it's, it's younger, it's more urban, it's more uh, diverse. I don't know, it feels like with the Remain Leave split in Britain, we're kind of moving towards the kind of split they have here where the politics are about those kind of differences in values as much as they are about things like economics. And you've met you've met some interesting people, as we've seen on the news dates from website this week. Tell me more about the views on the ground. We went to um we went to some campaign offices in Scranton in Pennsylvania, which is um it's, it, it used to be a mining town, only there aren't any mines anymore. So, you know, continuing the whole you know, North of England parallels. Um, but it's it's the hometown of, of Vice President Joe Biden. Hillary Clinton's buried there. It's traditionally been a very uh, democratic city. But it might go for Trump this time because it's, you know, it is those kind of at, uh, white working class voters who are kind of disillusioned with, with, with the Democrats. Um, we went to a couple of campaign offices there and the... And I was a bit frightened walking into the Republican one because, you know, they've been they've been quite mean to the Trump campaign has been quite mean to journalists this year. Um, so, I, and you know, I'm I'm a delicate flower. So I was obviously very nervous about how they were going to treat us. And they were they were the nicest people in the world. They were so pleased to see us, so delighted to kind of sit us down and feed us cake. You know, completely mad. Obviously, they're kind of talking about how this this one woman who showed me a, a hat, which said queen of the deplorables that someone had made for her. Um but she was saying how she thought the problem in the United States these days was socialism, as evidenced by the fact that when she was off with a disability for several years, she couldn't get the money she wanted from the government, and she blamed socialism for this. I'm not quite sure that that stacks up, but I think it's, it seems to me like they're just using socialism in the word people back home use the word Brussels. You know, it's just kind of a bogeyman. But yeah, we also met, um, he, he's a trucking guy, and he's done up three of his trucks of all these slightly awfully misogynistic campaign slogans about Hillary Clinton, which she's been funding to drive around the country. And he got very excited about showing us his trucks and including the ones that weren't even political. So we got stuck with this guy for like an hour and a half as he just showed us um, old motor vehicles that he's particularly pleased with and we were too polite to leave because we're English. He saw so. you coming a mile away. Yeah, well, it wasn't really me. It's the guy I'm travelling with is a, is a friend of mine called, uh, called Scott, who is an engineer. Who who is he's he's unlike me. He's a real boy. He's interested in like you know motor vehicles and things that go bang. So so the two of them wander around pointing at trucks while I kind of stood there, sort of looking awkwardly at Twitter and wanting to talk to someone about polling or or economic development. You know. Yeah, yeah your interest in vehicles is very much confined to those that run on rails, hey. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they're more fun. You get you get better maps with them. Okay, but I do. I I have I have important infrastructure thoughts. The urban rural thing is obviously a big part of where the vote is going. I think it's again, it's the same as sort of Remain Leave thing back home. Where like, if you live in a big city and you know a lot of diverse people, um, both sitting in ethnically in terms of their sort of sexual uh, tastes and you know just in terms of the kind of jobs they do as well i think then you're probably voting for clinton um but if you live in a, a predominantly white town in the middle of nowhere you're probably voting for trump um but also as a side effect it means that everybody you know is voting the same way you are this is how you end up with such a divided country it's like there are there are reports of how there were wards in philadelphia uh, in 2012, which didn't cast a single vote for Mitt Romney, just because, like, you know, in in some urban black communities, like nobody is voting Republican, but there are, you know, there are rural white ones where there will be nobody voting Democrat. So I can kind of see why these guys are buying the the completely fallacious argument that somebody is trying to rig the vote against them, because it's like, well, how can Hillary Clinton possibly be winning? Because nobody I know likes her. But yes, can we talk about motorways? Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about motorways. Okay, so yeah, the interstates are this system of, of uh, federal highways that the Eisenhower administration built in the 50s. Um, it's a Cold War thing, actually. It was meant to improve national defense apart from anything else. But they're, yeah, basically they're motorways. And I think they are nicer than British motorways because they are less cluttered. So there's like much less sort of uh, signage and, and so on. So just... Uh, just kind of making, you know, uglifying them. They're just basically roads with loads of cars on, nothing else going on. But also, um, between the two, between the roads in the two different directions, there will often be kind of a massive green space, which you can kind of, you can get away with that in a country of as much land as the United States, um, which you probably couldn't really do in Britain because, like, you know, every square inch of land costs you a billion pounds or something. But it does actually sort of make ridiculously long drives a more pleasant experience just because you're not you, you can see things other than sort of metal gantries and depressing blue signs. America is really big. I know, it is. I know that's yeah. obvious, but I did Detroit to Chicago yesterday afternoon. Um and like, I knew it'd be a fairly long drive. It was like four hours or something. And when I looked at it, it's the distance from like London to Newcastle. Hmm. Which I, you know, I would I would never think of driving that. It would just never even occur to me. Just get the train. But here, just without even thinking about it, it's the most obvious way of doing it. So, Detroit was pretty cool. We were only in there for a few hours, but I really wanted to see Detroit because it's one of those cities that comes up a lot in in urbanism circles. It's kind of a cautionary tale, um, and all this talk of sort of ruined porn and and you know there are huge waves of the city where like there are buildings that have literally half burnt down. Um, and they're just still standing there. And there are other empty lots where they can demolish things to encourage developers, I think, but then the developers never showed up. So it's, you know, a lot of the city does look exactly like the the, the, the very fine articles about it, you know, doubt will have read it on City Metric at some point. Um, but what I hadn't appreciated is the downtown is absolutely stunning. It's this in, like, and this is true of like so many of these um, big Midwestern cities. It's like they were all built in the sort of golden age of, of the skyscraper around sort of 1900, 1920. So you get these absolutely beautiful downtowns that, with all these office buildings and the stunning architecture that nobody's really using because there's no economy there anymore. I mean, there are bits of Detroit that are that are coming back. There's kind of hipsters moving in and so on. But the one that kind of gives me a certain amount of hope is like Cleveland. You go, Cleveland really felt like Manchester to me, where you can see it's like it's just kind of turned that corner, and now there's just like. There's, there's sort of new businesses and enough students and enough kind of cool venues to go to. Um, and it had this sort of level of, of, of street life to it that 
Detroit's probably a bit too spread out for because it was built for the car. So. So what is your prediction? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm frightened. I mean, the the head says Clinton's got this, but I'm I'm getting I am getting nervous just because the polls are narrowing a bit too much for my taste. And it's what I, rather than make a prediction, what I'm going to say is like just if you are if you're going to watch the election results, keep an eye on Pennsylvania. I think that's the that's probably the single most important state for Trump. If he can win that, he can win. If he can't win that, he probably can't. So that's the one to watch on the night. And God help us. <laughs> Well, good luck, John. Get out talking to people. And we'll see you back in the office. Cheers, Steph. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye. This is a Brooklyn-bound A-Express train.